Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Beat on this beautiful, beautiful start to our weekend. Thank you so much for joining us here. We have a fantastic show coming up for you. Uh, We're just moments away from President Biden speaking with the president of China about the situation in Ukraine, uh, talking to him about his support uh, of Russia and how far it should not go. It's a big, big conversation. We'll keep you updated if anything breaks there. Also, uh, we've got uh, James Gay calling in today. This is essentially the two-year anniversary of wow. when the world changed due to COVID-19. Uh, in some places it was yesterday, some places it's today, some places it's tomorrow. Uh, but this weekend essentially is the two-year anniversary of when the world changed and lockdowns began here in the United States in particular. Uh, so we're really going to uh, focus on Uh, You know, kind of what we went through the last couple of years, where we are today and where we hope to be in the months and years ahead, because it's been a wild, wild time to be alive. Michaela, I would I would not have wanted to do this with anybody else other than you. We became so close this entire time and I love and adore you. I love Uh, you. You are my best friend and my sister. and, And it means the world to me that I can do this show with you every single day. It also means the world to me that we have such fantastic guests on the show today. We've got our marriage and family therapist, James Gay. Uh, talking just about how we all feel collectively. I think some of us are starting to actually start to feel the emotions and the feelings of the last two years now that things seem to be settling down just a bit. And it's unearthing some things inside me personally, I know, that I didn't know were there. Thought, yeah. st- stuff I thought I just kind of shoved aside and kind of plowed through kind of catching up with me right now as we're at year two of this pandemic. Also, Dr. Joseph Gastaldo, he became one of our our dear, dear friends and, and just an expert on infectious diseases from uh, Ohio Health, my home state, who is calling in to talk to us about vaccines, where they stand now. Do we need a fourth booster? Uh, and, and what this entire pandemic could mean for the future of medicine. Some pretty exciting stuff, actually. A silver lining, if you will. And then also we've got David Milburn, who is the director and the writer oh, uh, of a documentary uh, called 100 Years uh, of Men. I forget the actual title, but it's, this is essentially this documentary is about 100 Years of Men Loving Men, right? Uh, and this couple... Uh, started finding these photos of same-sex relationships, men who were in love with each other 100, 150 years ago, and they made an entire documentary out of it. He's calling us from Palm Springs to tell us about the documentary and how you can support it. Fantastic stuff. We're also going to be checking in with our own emotions today because it's been a wild, wild roller coaster of a couple years. Yeah. So uh, pour yourself some coffee and hang out with us. It's crazy to think, really, that two years ago... We were going into lockdown, and now literally, in less than 100 days, you're getting married. Oh, honey, I tell we're you We're going this. to Mexico. We sure are. I mean, what a difference two years can mm-hmm. also make. 
Well, we thought we'd get married almost two years ago, too. I thought I'd be engaged and, and married in 2021 was the plan. And then because of the pandemic, we put it off. Some people went ahead and went, went you know, went with a new plan and we decided to wait. And I'm glad we did. We I'm happy a, you did. We had a two-hour meeting with our team yesterday over Zoom in Mexico. And it's it's exciting to finally get rolling. It's also they're still coming out of COVID too, and they're still adjusting to be this this resort we're going to, and I haven't made it public, and I won't yet, but they've only been around. They opened up a few months before COVID. Oh, wow. So they haven't really lived in a post-COVID world, so there's some, some things they're working through still, some language barriers that are tricky. It's um, tough. But we're happy. We're happy to have a language barrier too if it means we get to have the dream, uh, our dream wedding. So... <sighs> That's, it's going to be great. That's exactly what today's going to feel like. Today's yeah. going to feel like an exhale. Yeah. So uh, if you need to just let it all out, you're not alone. You're not. Michaela, what's going on in News on the Beat? All right, people. Biden administration officials held a closed-door meeting yesterday with several Florida LGBTQ students and their families about the state's so-called don't-say-gay bill. The Education Department said at Thursday's virtual roundtable, Education Secretary Miguel Cardona and the Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services for Health, Dr. Rachel Levine, said the first openly transgender Senate-confirmed federal office reaffirmed support for LGBTQ youths and their families. Laws around the country, including in Florida, have targeted and sought to bully some of our most vulnerable students and families and create division in our schools, court court. Cardona said, according to a readout of the meeting, my message to you is that this administration won't stand for bullying or discrimination of any kind, and we will use our authorities to protect, support, and provide opportunities for LGBTQIA students and all students. The legislation would go into effect July 1st if it is signed by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who is widely seen as considering a run for the 2024 GOP presidential nomination and has signaled his support for the measure several times. I mean, look, the good news is the Biden administration is stepping in. They're having a meeting. They're talking to our trans youth. It is a conversation because at this point, you can't shut down Ron DeSantis. You can't shut down Greg Abbott. But the least we can do as Republicans is start coming in to support and at least fight against these Republicans. Well, they're so, we're so, so grateful that we have Dr. Rachel Levine actually as, as a part of Biden's administration because they actually have a trans voice, you know, a doctor in the room for these issues and these conversations. This is the moment. This is why representation matters. Yeah. We talk about it all the time, but like, listen, a bunch of a cis straight white guys can't represent the experience of a woman, although they have for hundreds of years, but they cannot represent the experience of people they do not, they, the, who they are not. And so that's why it's so important to have diversity in every single room. Absolutely. All right, let's get into weather. It's going to be a high of 69 in New York, 78 in L.A., 76 in Vegas, 89 in Palm Springs, 72 in Houston, and 82 in Cathedral City. Now, give us a vibe of the day, babe. My vibe's not working right now, so my vibe for this hour is to just take a deep breath and be grateful. Yeah, just go with it. That's it. That's all. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. So you went to college basically in front of America. You kind of went to high school in front of America. Pretty much. American Idol as a teenager. Then by the time the rest of us were headed off to college, you were out here in Los Angeles signing with agents and like taking the world by storm. Yes. What if you, 18 years old, go to college and find out that your roommate in your new college apartment that you're moving in with tomorrow is 52 years old? What do you do? 
This happened to a girl on TikTok, and she's like, I'm absolutely mortified. What do you do when you're an 18-year-old living with a 52-year-old? She's like, listen, this is not the experience I thought I was going to have. I want the college experience. I don't want, like, this could be her grandmother. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. How do you respond to that? You know, it's really tough. I've shared this story before. I've started trying to reconnect to my dad, and in doing so, he told me that he's gone back to college, music school at UNLV, uh, to... Uh, to get his master's. Uh, he never went to college, so it was very important to him. He's 60-something years old now. And I said, well, how are the kids uh, when you go to class? Are they nice to you? And he said, well, I'm a little bit of an outsider. They're like <laughs> 19, and I'm like in my 60s. And it hurt my heart. I was like, they better be nice to you. I'm going to go down to that school. Like, I will drag them all. And he was like, uh, you won't. Um, so I have a personal connection because I really do appreciate people who want to go back to school, who want to educate themselves, who want to do things they didn't get to do when they were younger. I also believe in like people um, having different scenarios happen in their life for lessons. Like, could this 18-year-old embrace the 52-year-old? And also there's like a lesson there for the both of them. Well, when I was a freshman in college, my roommate threatened to murder me and we had to have me moved out of the dorm room. So... I also caught him twice masturbating in my boxers in the room. So uh, it could get worse. It could be much worse than living with a 15. 50, so at least, freaky. Right. And I'm like, at least the 52-year-old is probably going to do some laundry for you, maybe clean up. Yeah, you know, make it's a like little, living with your mom. Yeah, make you a nice little meal on your hot plate that's illegal that you hide under the bed when the RA comes by. <laughs> you know what I mean? Buy so, you alcohol. Yeah. It is wild, though, because... Yeah, that's tricky. I don't it's know. It's tough. There's <clears throat> In this article, it also says uh, a woman then... Uh, chimed in and said this happened to her. She got stuck with a roommate that was 40. Oh, God, not a 40-year-old. But the 40-year-old was like, <laughs> go to bed. Uh, uh, she would yell at them to go to bed on Saturdays at 9 p.m. because it was quiet hours. No, shut up. Quiet like, if you're going to be 52 or 40 and you're going to go, you have to respect the college culture. I'd be raging. I'm like, who wants me to buy the alcohol this week? Yeah. I'd, I'd try to be the cool guy. You know who we would be? Never been kissed. A thousand percent. That's who going we'd be. Drew Barrymore. Jo- Gross- Josie Grossy. It's interesting, though, because uh, from another perspective, I think of this 18-year-old, and we're, you know, we're here at this two-year mark of the global pandemic, which means this 18-year-old, the end of her, co- her high school experience was probably ruined to some degree. A lot of high school kids didn't get to compete in their sports, maybe their junior, senior year. They didn't get to go to their senior proms. They didn't get to like have a graduation like other kids did. And then on top of that, you go to college and you're paired up with a 52-year-old woman. It's tough. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a, like I feel for this young generation. I'm dealing with emotions because of the global pandemic that I did not know were there. And I'm 41. I'm in therapy. I'm a pretty well-rounded person. You know, I wrote a self-help book. Like, I've got my... And I've, I love it so much, got, by the way. I've got my life together to some degree, but as an 18-year-old, you're figuring it out, and you've already had the, the the rug pulled out from underneath you at the end of your high school, and now you're going to start off college with a 52-year-old roommate? You know, though, I will say at 18, at 16, at 5, I always like to hang out with, like, much older, older people. And not, like, a few a few years older, like, older. I just liked them. I felt I like they had a lot 18, of... 18, 16, 5... <laughs> because I was thinking, I, this Whoa. is a true story. When I was five years old, my dad said this was his favorite memory of me. And I remember it so clearly. I had two neighbors, uh, Mrs. Parks and then Miss Ruthie. And they were very old. They were like grandparents. And I would have coffee with them. every. Like I would just walk outside with my baby blanket and have coffee with both of my neighbors. They loved me. They, they We were like best friends. It is, you know what? It is interesting, though, because I have some older friends as well. And as I've gotten older, some of my, one of my good friends is, you know, 
uh, 60 or so, and she's one of my best friends in the world. She's 20 years older than me. She could be my mother, technically, but yeah, but at 18, I'm not trying to make a I don't want to live with one. It's one thing to go have coffee next door in your yard, which is cute. To live in a dorm or, or, or student housing, like a small apartment, with a 52-year-old when you're 18? Well, okay, okay. so to my point, <clears throat> when I was 18, I met this woman who was maybe in her early 30s, who kind you of- seems so old when you're 18. Oh my God, I thought she was the oldest woman in the world, haggard. And I'm like, I wish. Um, but she was kind of like my guider here in LA for a hot minute. And I think that if they can be cool, if they can be really, really cool- they can re- really be great for 18-year-olds. I hear you. My first boyfriend when I was in college my freshman year was much, much, much older than me. I was 19 by that time, and I remember telling everyone he's old. Like, he's old. He has his own place. I go to his apartment downtown. It's in the old Macy's building. They converted it into, like, loft apartments. It was really oh, sexy. Cool. Uh, I was. I, I remember watching, like, uh, the Olympics or something there. It was 2000s or probably Athens or whatever. Barcelona. I forget whichever one that was. And he was old. You know how old he was? 23. <gasps> oh, my God. He's a baby. <laughs> I was like, but he's old. Well, listen, I understand why she would be uncomfortable, but also it could be a great lesson if the 52-year-old acts cool. Uh, college isn't for everybody, and then sometimes you want to go back Just to school. Just make sure she doesn't have, like, sleep apnea or, like, snores a lot. Listen, you know, sleep apnea is the worst. Oh, yeah. All right, coming up, this former TV talk show host is saying she's reclaiming her throne for good, but is it a little too late? We'll discuss in what's popping. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Here we go again. I feel like we have this conversation all the time, but there's always a new twist, a new turn in this story. Michaela, what's popping? Oh, good Lord. Listen, Wendy Williams has sort of become a staple on this show because you were the best host she ever had on it. So I can say that that's one good decision she made. However, she's making another decision that I don't know if is as good. Uh, She curiously claimed Wendy Williams to Good Morning America that she's going to be returning to her uh, daytime talk show despite Sherry Shepard already being named as her successor. Mm -hmm. This is what I would say to my Wendy watchers. Keep watching because I'm going to be back on the Wendy show bigger and brighter than ever. Uh, Wendy Williams, who declined to appear on camera for the chat, told the morning show in a phone interview. Given the wild proclamation, Page Six reached out to the show's rep for comment who referred to them... Uh, that went back to the press release announcing Sherry Shepard's new talk show, Sherry. So even the show was like, listen, just go back and read the press release. That's all we can say to you. Um, One insider did add that if and when the company felt Williams was ready to return to the Daily Live show, they would support her, but it certainly would not be in the three months as all the company slots are filled um, and they feel very comfortable with Sherry Shepard leading the show. So... Oh, I, don't I hear know that what if she does say. come back, it won't be until 2023, even though she's saying three months. Um, and it's interesting. We hear, and, and the thing is, I, I wish I had more to add, but I was I was with uh, Heather McDonald the other night, right? And she's an old friend of mine, and she also has filled in for Wendy Williams over the years. And we've actually worked together filling in for Wendy previously. A few years ago, we did. And she was like, "What's going on? Do you know anything I don't know?" And I was like, no, everything that she heard also is just rumors. Everything I've heard is rumors. I'm not talking to Wendy. Nobody's talking to Wendy. Wendy's producers aren't talking to Wendy. So nobody really knows. What we do know, though, is that her health was was not in a good place for a while. She seems to be on the mend. And also, her ex seems to be back in the picture, and that's problematic. 
he's just Kevin was just he's the one who cheated on her had a kid somebody what's else what's he doing back in the picture well he used to be the executive uh, executive producer of the Wendy Williams show and her her personal manager yeah and he's very he sort of a Vladimir Putin type he's just a tough guy but also kind of all over the place and if the rumor is now that he's trying to sue Debmar Mercury the production company for like eight million dollars or seven million dollars or something like that for them wrongfully terminating wendy if he's getting back in her ear that does give me concern because he's problematic and she moved on from him but now while she's in a vulnerable place if she's leaning into an ex which some of us do sometimes somebody she was married to for many yeah, years yeah. they have kevin jr together that's scary to me so i don't know what's true nobody actually knows what's true but wendy uh, so we'll see. You know, I would like to do a story on um, women or men going back to like sociopathic exes because I watched this uh, documentary last night called Bad Vegan. Have you seen it on Netflix? Mm. I watched it. It's about this woman. It's a long story. She opened the very first raw vegan restaurant in New York City, blew up. Alec Baldwin was obsessed with her. She met this guy. They went on to <clears throat> end up having to be on the run because of money that was missing, stolen, whatever. She said that he tortured her. And then at the end of the movie, the documentary, there's audio of her calling him from out of prison saying, I hate you. And he says, yeah, but you miss me and I love you. Thanks for calling me. And she goes, yeah, you're totally right. Okay, good night. So like showing that she's probably going to go back to him. Needs therapy. And you're like, what? <laughs> therapy. Crazy. I've been there. Therapy. Therapy. Toxic exes. Toxic exes. All right. Coming up in our next hour, it's been two years since COVID shut California down. We're reflecting back on what that meant for us. And if we low-key miss lockdown sometimes, we'll discuss. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. As we continue honoring two years of COVID-19, this is the weekend that everything locked down nationwide. Uh, and and I think it's important to look back and to sort of take stock of where we are, how we're feeling, and what we're looking forward to. Because this summer is looking like it could be uh, better than the last two. 
and a little bit closer to normal. Uh, hold my breath when I say that, but fingers crossed. Yeah, babe. Uh, we've come a long way. I'm very proud of us uh, in this room as a people, as a nation. Uh, we've had some stumbles, <laughs> quite a few of them, to be honest, uh, but we're human, and the human experience is what it's all about, and that's what we're going to be leaning into today on The Morning Beat. In about 15 minutes, uh, we're having an interesting conversation. As we do look back, we've got some really uh, almost, I don't, even, I don't know what the word is, pretty profound audio from the last couple of years in the early days of the pandemic, uh, audio that we all uh, listened to intently, that shocked us, that scared us. Oftentimes, yeah, um, and also we're we're asking the question: Is there a small part of you that misses early COVID, the quarantine life, seeing what the planet was able to do to itself when it had a moment to take a breath and heal? Because um, it's something that I think not a lot of people are talking about, and I think that multiple things can exist and all be true at the same time. We could be very, very, very scared, but also the simplicity of it all. Uh, I'll speak for myself. I kind of miss it. You know, it's so funny because I think that everybody would agree with you for the most part that people really missed that downtime. Mm -hmm. And I was saying during the break, I feel like I kind of didn't get that downtime because my grandma died shortly after in April. And I was so busy feeling and dealing with that or or really not feeling and dealing with that, yeah. that I like missed an entire year Listen, that could have been I really think, productive. I think, I think people can relate to you. I think they can relate to me. I think they can relate to a million things in between and, and, and had more extreme experiences as well. And, I, and, and we're going to have that conversation. So stick around yeah. uh, just a little bit. Right now, though, it is time for News on the Beat. Uh, what do you have for us, Michaela? All right, babe. Well, Citigroup, the nation's fourth largest bank, is angering Texas Republicans over its latest workplace benefit, offering to cover the travel expenses of employees who live in states with restrictive reproductive health care laws. Laws, including the state's recently enacted law banning most abortions after six weeks. City disclosed the new policy in a regulatory filing with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission on March 15th. The bank stated in response to changes in reproductive health care laws in certain states in the U.S. Beginning in 2022, we provide travel benefits to facilitate access to adequate resources. The Texas law, which took effect in September, effectively outlaws abortions in Texas. The measure prohibits abortions after embryonic cardiac activity is detected, which is usually at about six weeks of pregnancy, often before a woman knows she's pregnant. The law includes an unusual provision that allows Texas residents to sue clinics, doctors, nurses, and even people who drive women to get the procedure. The reward for a successful lawsuit under the new law, at least $10,000. All right, another news. Leah Thomas took control in the final 100 yards of the 500-yard freestyle to make history Thursday as the first transgender woman to win an NCAA swimming championship. Thomas, the University of Pennsylvania senior who entered the NCAA Women's Swimming and Diving Championships as the top seed, had a season best time of 4 minutes, 33.24 seconds. I didn't have a whole lot of expectation for this meet, said Thomas. A former male swimmer for Penn State. I was just happy to be here and race and compete the best I could. Uh, Virginia's Emma Wyatt was second at 4 minutes 34 seconds. The race was close until the final 100 yards with Wyatt and Erica Sullivan of Texas pushing Thomas for the lead. The three swam in lanes 3 through 5, adding to the drama with Thomas in the middle. It's a lot. It's interesting. I, I genuinely love and support our trans community, and I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. I just don't. She beat multiple Olympians. Uh, it was a close race, which is interesting. Yeah. Only won by less yes. than two seconds. 
Uh, but she's only, I think, six or seven seconds off of Katie uh, Ledecky's world record pace. And she's the best swimmer in the world, in the history of the world, at that distance. Yeah. So, to be a, a, a male swimmer for years at a university and to be not, not an Olympic-caliber swimmer, and then to transition, which I fully support, and then to break all sorts of records, national records, and to win national championships, feels like it's a little bit tricky. And that's I, listen, all I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a medical professional. I support trans athletes. But I think there is a, a more nuanced conversation somewhere. And I, I hope we continue to have it. And we don't just dig into, well, I support or I don't. And that's it. Absolutely. And I think and I think that every single trans athlete would support that, too, because they don't want they don't want to leg up either. Yeah. They don't want to. Nobody does. Right. So I think it's, it's going to be a constant evolution. I just hope that we stay open to the conversation. Absolutely. And also. Under these current rules, Leah Thomas did nothing wrong. So congratulations, Leah Thomas. That's a huge, huge accomplishment. Totally. So. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a tough conversation. Yeah, sure. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into a little weather. Now it's going to be a high of 80 in LA today. So nice. 69 in New York. 76 in Vegas. 89 in Palm Springs. 72 in Houston. 89 in Cathedral City. And 90 in La Quinta. Now, do you have a little vibe of the day? Yeah, I'm just going to make them up today. I'm going to go with my heart today. Yeah. And just tell our listeners that no no matter how you feel today and this weekend on this two-year anniversary of lockdowns from COVID-19 here across the country, they're all okay. All emotions are okay. Take a deep breath and just feel them. And then hopefully in that, you'll find some hope. I love that. That's beautiful. All right, coming up, it's been two years since COVID shut California down. We are reflecting back on what that meant for us. And if we low-key miss lockdown sometimes, we'll discuss next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. All day today on the show, we're honoring two years of COVID-19 as we, we hit that sort of that weekend where everything changed in mid to late March. Two years ago, lockdowns started happening across the country and, and it got real. We learned about the word quarantine, the word pandemic. <laughs> Uh, we, we had I feel not, like I'm getting PTSD just talking about it's it. It's a lot. Um, and, and, and so trigger warning, some of the headlines were pretty, pretty scary at the time. Uh, but here's a montage that our producer put together just to kind of remind us of where we were two years ago and how far we've come. Chinese health authorities are still working to identify the virus behind a pneumonia outbreak in the central city of Wuhan. Tonight, U.S. airports on high alert, screening passengers for symptoms of a deadly new virus. I have today declared that the coronavirus presents a public health emergency in the United States. Stay at home. Stay home. Stay safe. Quite simply, stay at home. The president of the United States and the first lady have both tested positive for the coronavirus. The highly contagious Delta variant fueling a surge of new cases across the country. The Omicron variant causing concern around the world. Sooner or later, we're going to see cases of this new variant here in the United States. We'll have to face this new threat just as we face those that have come before it. But the vaccine is still the best tool the country has to keep it from spreading further. Don't come knocking on my door with your Fauci outie. You leave us the hell alone. And if you've been boosted, um, that it'll give you even more protections. Health officials not predicting a surge like last winter with vaccines more widely available. Vaccines. Vaccines have been one of the most controversial topics around the globe, but especially here in the United States the last couple of years. And it's interesting, so many of those, so so much of that audio really just uh, scared me, but also so much of it made me angry. It triggered. 
Um, and what a two years it's been. So let's just take a moment to acknowledge that part. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like listening back to that montage made me um, have a little lump in my throat. I think everybody's experience was very different. I think we were walking out of here today two years ago after getting a very successful interview with Nicole Scherzinger. Mm. It was the first time we started working together. We had just started the show. It was a big interview for us to get. I had just gotten back from Bali. I was in Asia and... And at the time, the fear was that it was in Asia and was going to stay there. And I remember coming back being like, God, I hope I didn't get this thing I'm hearing about. And here we are doing a show. Yeah. You okay? It's a scary time. Yeah. I don't even know why it's making me cry. I feel so... I think that... I think that everyone's experience was really different. Mm. I It literally takes me to a place that I like probably haven't been to in two years. Losing my grandma shortly after all of this was really difficult for me. And I think that the reality for so many was this wasn't some Fauci ouchie. That's offensive. It's so offensive. Mm. And so many people lost loved ones. And, And as we're coming out of this, you know, and into like an endemic, there are still people that every year from this point on we'll have to remember the loved ones that they lost during such a scary time i mean i, I will never forget when i went to a rite aid to get water and everything was gone and there All was gone. this old lady behind the register and she was so flustered and i said are you doing okay and she said no i'm not i'm i'm scared and they keep acting crazy in here we used to i mean i remember having being extra kind to everybody who worked at grocery stores i remember hanging out my window on my 10th floor and clapping at 7 p.m every single night for our our frontline workers and and there are moments there are moments of early pandemic that for some of us even in the midst of the scariness and the chaos were kind of beautiful to see the calm and the serenity of it all to see you know to see the canals of venice to see dolphins swimming in them and see them clean clear once again for the first time in years to see the mountaintops in, in places like india that you know had such smog and such and such pollution in the air to see the mountaintops in the distance again like we were seeing signs that so much of what we've done to our planet can be reversed yeah and we had like a moment to see like what that could look like because I feel like in many ways we are on the precipice as a globe, as, a, as, as humanity, and there is something that can be done about it. Um, but your story is so so real and so true and so common. We're about to approach, you know, we're, we are approaching a million lives lost here in the United States alone from COVID-19 or from COVID-19 complications. Crazy. That's a real number. That's yeah. more than every war we've ever fought combined. And so whatever your emotions are, they're okay. They're valid. If you also have a little bit of nostalgia for making sourdough bread with your, yeah. your loved ones while you're locked up there at home, so, that's also okay. There were so many emotions I that brought went you a six-pack of, of toilet paper one time yes. during this, and, I, and I've never seen such gratitude in my life. I was so pleased. I never loved toilet paper more. Uh, you know, listen, our feelings are all very valid, whether it was a beautiful experience or a tough one. So we'll be joined coming up by marriage and family therapist James Gay to discuss how many people feel this way after the COVID lockdown down two years ago and what to do for people that still may be suffering coming up next this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Morning Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. As we continue looking back over two years of COVID-19 and lockdowns, uh, you know, everybody's experience was different. There are some similarities, of course, uh, but each human experience is so, so very different. So to help us kind of break down the emotions of it all, we've decided to call in our marriage and family therapist, James Gay. James, how you doing? Well, we have been through a lot these last Honey, couple of years. Lord, huh? haven't we been? <laughs> we really Ooh. have. And there's such a wide gambit of emotions from like the absolute and utter fear, the terror of it all, thinking at any moment uh, that the scary virus that we couldn't see was going to take us out. You know, Michaela shared a moment ago how difficult that that time was for her because she was losing her grandmother, the closest person in her life um, at the time, and, and how scary that was. And I remember also thinking, well, I want you to go mourn and lie with your grandmother as she, as she passes, but then I was afraid to physically be around her afterwards and do my job because then I thought, I'm going to get it, I'm going to kill my partner, and all these terrifying scenarios started rolling through our brains. And for many of us, we're just now coming to the realization of the trauma of all of that. Um, so what sort of tips do you have for listeners who are still maybe maybe just now catching their breath and starting to unpack what's happened the last two years? Yeah, it's, you know, it's in these moments of calm where things are so much better and hopefully will continue to be, you know, that we have the opportunity to really process everything that's transpired. And it's a lot. So I guess my first words of advice is to take our time, right? We need to pace ourselves. This is going to be stuff that's going to be, you know, weeks, months, maybe years on end where we're really recognizing the full impact that it's had on us. And, and as part of that, it's, it's to recognize the ways that things, you know, we've been limited and, you know, things have been stressful and activated, um, the losses that we've had, and to really grieve those, and also to incorporate the things that we may have learned or grown or, you know, the silver linings that have been there too. Not that it erases everything else, but it's just that we can in- incorporate it too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that for many people, going back to this two years ago and hearing the audio, like we said, is really triggering. And I think that whereas people who lost a loved one may be really bitter and resentful now towards the fact that nobody they felt was really there for them. Or taking it seriously. Or taking it seriously. 
Uh, what advice do you have for people trying to get through losing a loved one and being able to move forward? Because that's really the biggest thing that I've heard. And, and I actually don't feel like yeah. this, but people that I've spoken to have said, well, it's so great that everyone's moving on. I'm so happy that you can all go to Coachella, but I mm. still lost my mother. I still lost my father. Mm. And I'm very right. much in the pandemic. Like, how do you navigate that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, sensitively, hopefully, <laughs> you know, th- it, this has been an opportunity for us to think outside of ourselves and to empathize and to understand our impact on others. It doesn't mean that everybody does that or will continue to, but it's an opportunity for us to recognize just how connected we are and, you know, and to be kind that, that even if we're in a different place than someone else is right to, to try and be as compassionate and sensitive and thoughtful as possible in the process. And, you know, that's, that's um, it's going to bring up a lot of discord when someone else is feeling something dramatically different than we are. If one person's feeling great relief and going out and woohoo, and others are still feeling a bit cautious or, you know, wanting to do things differently. I think it's the reason so many people got so mad at all the gays that were in Puerto Vallarta, right? At that one time, mm-hmm. they were all partying and right. raging. It brought up a lot of like stress for people. Like, okay, people yeah. are literally dying right now, and you're in a speedo on a boat. Thank God the boat sank. Nobody really was hurt, but but like right. like I I wanted to slap some gays across the face, but that was just my personal mm-hmm. experience because that's what I was seeing in my sphere, seeing some of my some of my you know associates. People from my mm-hmm. community going out in, in the face of all of this and doing something like that was really frustrating for me, to be honest. Sure. But yeah. I also think that, that it's interesting because, and I do want to acknowledge as a marriage and family therapist, that mm-hmm. this has not been easy on you either. Yeah. Like we, we reach out to you for help, but I've got mm. therapy, couples therapy today. I had individual therapy on Wednesday and, <laughs> and our therapists have been shouldering a lot. So oh, yeah. what have you been doing to kind yeah. of, you know, process all of this as well as a licensed professional? Well, I, I can say that I've, you know, been in long-term therapy and it was to the point where it was like maybe, you know, once or twice a year, a little check-in here and there. Um, but over the last couple of years, it's been a much, much more, you know, therapists need therapy as well, you know, so that we can provide and be there and show up for other people. You know, I also think it, it has made it that much more important and urgent that I take care of my, you know, basic needs and, you know, do do the self-care stuff and practice what I preach. But even in the midst of all that, I still had moments of, of great anxiety and depression and, and immobility. And, you know, it, it really just feels like the last few weeks, it, you know, I'm starting to, to come up for air. So yeah. I really, really get this from the inside out. Therapists are going through this too, just along with healthcare workers and everyone else mm. you know well we appreciate you so much uh james gay really just for joining us all of these years um i think that everybody is just doing the very best that they can are there any tips uh also just maybe as we close this out for people mm-hmm. that are still suffering from any type of social anxiety uh, because yeah, we know that there's been come off now and maybe they don't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. Just sort of trying to, because I, I also believe everyone is doing their best. I think people want to leave their homes. They just don't know how, um, sure. I, I can understand that if I didn't have a job, but I don't know if I would either. I would never leave my couch. <laughs> um, so maybe yeah. if there's a few tips on how to like reacclimate yourself. 
Yeah, you know, I, I take it slow and steady. You know, if if uh, going out in nature outdoors feels more comfortable or safer, you know, um, finding times of the day, you know, it, it, the more that we can kind of re-engage with people in ways that feel safe enough, and then one step along the way, kind of increase our, you know, on some level, our levels of risk, but to this, to the extent that it feels comfortable, safe, and responsible for us to do so, you know, it is, it's, it's, it's going to take some time for us all to feel like, okay, we can, we can do this together. And, and again, we're still in it. You know, there could yeah. be, you know, other surges and, and things that happen, you I know, but we can be grateful that. for the moments like this. I that rebuke we have. it. I rebuke it. Also, if you're not ready to go back outside, maybe just take a mm-hmm. moment and, and bake another loaf of sourdough bread. Just hey, there you go. And put, also, yes. put it on Instagram. Ugh. Totally. Wow. What a couple of years. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much. We adore you. You bet. <laughs> All right, coming up uh, in What's Poppin'. This is really interesting. Our girl, Britney Spears, seems to have disappeared from Instagram, but it is many people feeling concerned. We'll discuss why and if we should be worried coming up. B Morning B Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. It's almost time for another round of What's Poppin'. We have an update uh, Michaela does for you on Britney Spears. Uh, she seems to have gone missing, but I do want to remind you that there's still time to get tickets to go see Lady Gaga's Chromatica Ball yes. at Dodger Stadium Saturday, September 10th. Now, if you were listening to us live on the air yesterday in our 9 o'clock hour, 12 o'clock on the East Coast, we gave away a pair of tickets to some listeners, uh, to a listener, Mitch, actually, Mitchell, I believe, from Palm Springs. He was brought to tears. It was a really exciting moment on the show. It was the best. He called in and and won a pair, (laughs) but we still have a couple pair of tickets left that you could win. So... Head over to wearechannelq.com. You only have until this Sunday, so about 48 hours left to get in to see Lady Gaga's Chromatica Ball for free. We're going to send you, baby. Uh, So head over to wearechannelq.com right now and do that. Sign up. Uh, Michaela, what do you have for us? Okay, so this is uh, kind of concerning. Britney Spears has disappeared off Instagram. Now, one day after posting about her newfound freedom and telling fans she would rather be feared than loved, Britney Spears has disabled her Instagram account. She said, don't ever pity me. Don't ever pity me. I don't want to be loved. I want to be feared. Being loved and being nice got me taken advantage of. So take your pity and go F yourselves. Uh, That post, along with every other post she's made, has vanished. The message, sorry, this page is not available, has replaced her feed. Spears' Twitter account remains active, but she does not offer any commentary about why she abruptly left the photo-sharing app. Now, it's not the first time the pop singer has disengaged from the platform. In September, Spears temporarily deactivated her Instagram account, explaining via Twitter, Don't worry, folks, just taking a little break from social media to celebrate my engagement. I'll be back soon. Earlier this month, Spears used Instagram to open up about her life during her years-long conservatorship, sharing disturbing details of abuse and mental torture. Now, being a guest in Las Vegas is way better than being me or wait is it because my family got to be the stars when I worked in Vegas is what she wrote in her since deleted post uh it just seems like she's trying to figure out social media she's trying to figure out everything and she's been away for 13 years I feel like she's trying to figure out life yeah and I just want this to have a happy ending for her so if she needs to take a break from social media also Let's just wrap our brains around that for a moment. The social media has become so prevalent in our daily lives as part of our actions as human beings that when somebody steps away from it, that is now the abnormal thing. Right. Think about that. Right. 
Like, who said we have to be on... Who says we have to be on Instagram? Who says we have to be on Facebook or Twitter? But now it's odd to us when somebody's like, oh, they're stepping away from Instagram. There must be something wrong with them. It's almost some weird dystopian, like, movie set in the future, but it's actually who we are now. She doesn't want to be on Instagram. She doesn't have to be on Instagram. Yeah. Get off Instagram. Yeah. We all know it's bad for our mental health. Maybe she's the only one who's got getting it right right now. I, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I think she's just trying to figure it out. And yeah. I think that at 34 years old, I've been in the world of 34 years. I'm trying to figure social media out. I it's thought very you were calling her 34. I'm like, honey, she is not 34. She she's is not my age. Girl. She's not. She's no. She is no longer 34. She's no. What is it? Spring chicken. She's no spring, spring chicken. Spring hen. Spring chicken. <laughs> I think it's a chicken, right? I think it's spring chicken. Chicken. Hmm. Something's in the hen house. I know that's a thing, too. Oh, what's in the hen house? A wolf in the hen house? A fox in the hen house. I'm really not good with these these farm references. I'm hearing this. Hmm. I'm also confused. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. So a song from our queen mother, Madonna, comes on, and our producer, Vanessa, tries to relate to us because apparently we're old, and she says, one time there was a free ticket because, you know, my mom's cousins were going to see Madonna, you know, old people like you guys, and so I went for free. And it was with my older cousins. My older cousins, and we kept trying to tell her to stop, and she kept... Like she said, well, they're down. not that old. They're my mom's cousins first. <laughs> and I have a young mom, which means <laughs> Vanessa. That's... She's still not as old as we are. Stop We're still dragging younger. us. We love Madonna. You get one and pair of team. new Nikes, and all of a sudden you're seven years old. And me and AJ are using walkers. Yeah, why are you trying to relate to us like that? That's terrible. God. And also, I would like to say that if me and AJ were really, in fact, in walkers, we would still <laughs> go to the Abbey and we would still dance to that song. And we may fall, but I would help his old ass get up (laughs) every time because listen madonna falls and she gets right back up she gets right back up on that stage she can't even feel it when she falls because of the the silicone in her butt and the replaced hips yes that part but also i'm gonna get silicone in my butt when i get older so if i fall i can't feel anything (laughs) (laughs) vanessa how late was she on stage by the way she was so she's always late late. so what was your plan she did come up with a plan no, I came up with the plan. Oh, what was the plan to tell Madonna? I, well, no, no, here's the thing. I don't understand because I've seen her in concert too and she's well worth the wait, but she's always hours late. How do you can't do that somebody, though? Yeah, can't somebody in her team just be like, honey, the show starts at six when it actually starts at eight? I mean, trick them. Like, right? Trick Vanessa, them. you're terrible. You're a terrible human being for dragging us for being, quote, old because we like Madonna. Yeah. And I like Madonna too. All of Palm Springs is tuning out right now because Yeah, of you. we just literally lost in the ratings because <laughs> Vanessa wow. said that we're old I like her it. mother's They're first cousin. Who do you she like? If you had to pay for a ticket, who would you pay to go see? Who? Oh my god. Name somebody. Who do you like? Who do you love? Who's that guy you love? Yeah, so Oh, not no, Frank Ocean. Won't know. No, I won't know, Who? but it's Danny Ocean. Is this Venezuelan artist? Wait, I was close. I said Frank Ocean, but <laughs> yeah, it's well, Danny Ocean. I love him. Uh, yeah, Danny it's Ocean. to love. So, so Danny, Danny Ocean. Ocean is who you would pay that's, for. That's your pop icon. Google Danny Ocean right now. So if you were a Palm Springs gay. Did you say Palm Springs? <laughs> it's like a movie theater in Palm Springs. Perfect. Let's go. Um. Da- oh, he's handsome. I know. Oh. But like Madonna. Okay, if your boyfriend... Went to you and was like, hey, I love you. But then Danny Ocean also walked up simultaneously and do? said, hey, I love you. I'm going to say this. I would be like, Joshua, you already know he is my past. 
Mine too. Okay, he's your past. Mine's Michael B. Jordan. And his is Dojack Cat, so. Hey. Well, my other one is Jay Ellis, Hot. but I know him, so I'm not allowed to have that as my past anymore because it's a little bit too. Once, oh, you, yeah, once you're in yeah, Hollywood, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Like, your friends can't be your passes anymore. Who's yeah. your past? I'm just trying to get through therapy. It used honestly. to be Rosario Dawson. No, that's Lisa. Oh, that's Lisa's. My bad. Yours used to be Ruby I, Rose, but it's not. Yeah, anymore. but Ruby's a weirdo. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't even think of passes right now. I, I'm just trying to love myself. So She's better than all I'll let of you us. guys know next. Uh, I, well, it used to be Ashlyn Harris. Yeah. But it's weird. Actually, she has like a baby and she's like in love. And I'm like, that's weird. If I did see her in person, I'd be like, I'm yeah. just going to, let's go, Lisa. Yeah. She's going to be a mother. Yeah. It's me, isn't it? I'm your past. It's, you're my past. You're weirdo. You're my celebrity past. Oh my gosh. Do the news on the beat. <laughs> the news on the beat? Who How am I? I? What's to... the news on the beat? <laughs> okay. California could provide legal refuge to displaced transgender youth and their families under a proposal announced yesterday that trends a growing list of initiatives from the nation's most populous state aimed at counterbalancing actions in Texas and other conservative places. Democratic state lawmakers said they'll introduce legislation to offer California as a safe haven for parents and other states who risk having their transgender children taken away or from being criminally prosecuted for supporting their children's access to gender-affirming procedures and other health care. The measure is a response that moves in several Republican-dominated states and particularly Texas, where Governor Greg Abbott has directed state agencies to consider removing transgender children from their families and placing them in foster care. A Texas judge last week temporarily blocked that effort, although the state is appealing. California Democratic State Senator Scott Weiner said his bill would ensure that California is a place of refuge for transgender children and their parents as a wave of criminalization sweeps through Texas and other states. They have a safe place to go if they're threatened with prosecution. One, that oh was a lot of words. Oh my God, a lot Two, of them. good job, California. Three, I'm tired of GOP governors i'm looking at you ron desantis and governor abbott who who publicly support these horrific horrific laws because they want to run for president in two years because that's really what they're doing they're trying to get it's their base true. fired up so you're you're just you're manipulating and, and and putting your people against each other and putting lives in danger these this legislation these these laws will cost lives it's awful and they don't care they just want to get some political capital out yeah. of the people. It's yeah. just so gross. Awful. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 77 in Vegas, 89 in Palm Springs, 72 in Houston, 50 in Kansas City, 82 in Miami, and 82 in Cathedral City. Now, please give us a vibe of the day. Listen, this entire show and this entire weekend, uh, we're at the two-year mark of the national lockdowns of COVID-19, right? So my vibe today is to take some time to check in with yourself, feel the emotions. There are no wrong emotions. Mm. And then take a couple of deep breaths, say thank you that you're still here, uh, and go live your life. I love that, babe. Mm. I love that. All right, coming up, this is very exciting. Dr. Joe Gastaldo is joining us to discuss uh, testing to vaccines, if we're going to need another booster, uh, and what you need to know about it coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What the Health. We're so honored to be joined uh, by someone from my home state who really helped us in the early days of the pandemic sort of wrap our brains around what was going on in the world, what to expect, and gave us glimmers of hope when it felt like there wasn't a whole lot of hope in the world. He's an infectious disease expert from Ohio Health based in my home state, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Please welcome back to the program Dr. Joseph Castaldo. Uh, Dr. Castaldo, how are you? 
I am doing great, AJ. Thanks for having me again. And um, yeah, the last two years have been quite an experience Good for Lord. those in healthcare. And uh, we're still on this uh, COVID-19 journey, but uh, things are different today than they were uh, last year and even two years ago. You know, it's so crazy. I was talking to a friend of mine who's going on tour with Earth, Wind & Fire, and we were like screaming. And we were like, this is amazing. He Wait, told me yesterday. They're still around? Yes. That's amazing. Yes. And they're <laughs> iconic. And, you know, a lot of musicians were having a very different conversation two years ago as everything got shut down. It was devastating, jobs included. And it's very different today can you sort of remind people what we were told two years ago and what really started this pandemic and and the fear that people had in themselves yeah so uh, briefly two years ago we were introduced to a brand new virus that nobody in the world had immunity to and we really didn't know a lot about this virus. Um, what we've learned over the last two years is uh, what's, really, what's really been um, challenging is you can have asymptomatic infection with this virus. And depending on your individual past medical history and your age, uh, this virus, since nobody had immunity to it, really caused a lot of pain and suffering, caused a lot of hospitalizations. Uh, we are likely going to have a million deaths related to COVID sometime in 2022. And uh, even uh, in the setting of nobody having immunity, even younger, healthier people still became quite sick from it. So, so that was uh, two years ago. That was a scene two years ago. We have learned a lot. We have better tools today. The virus is not going away way and people really need to understand that and really stay in tune with what's going on with COVID. It's not gone and we still need to protect uh, ourselves and most importantly protect at-risk people and immunocompromised people. Well, I get it's so interesting that you, you bring up that we're in the endemic phase now of this, this virus and it's going to just be something that we live with to some degree. However, we now have tools. We have tools to fight back. Uh, science has, and, and medicine have done what they've always done and they've caught up right? And vaccines became available. And I, I believe you actually administered the, administered the first vaccine in the state of Ohio. Crazy. Is that correct? Yeah. And you're absolutely right. We have the tools today. And this is what we really need to tell people. People need to have a plan. What is that plan? Regardless of who you are, uh, you should get vaccinated still and uh, stay up to date on your vaccines. And that's likely to change with vaccine booster recommendations. Part of that plan also, too, is if you're not feeling well, isolate yourself and get tested. The federal government has made uh, home antigen tests available to everybody. They're out there. And the other part of that plan is if you have an at-risk condition, regardless of your vaccination status, have a plan in place to get connected with a doctor that could prescribe you medications to keep you out of the hospital. We're all familiar with monoclonal antibodies, but we also have pills out there now. And um, those are the piece that people really need to get plugged in to figure out how to access where they live. Well, you know, we're coming into the summer. It's beautiful out. We had a pretty decent summer in 2020 just because of the weather. Um, still, people were dying, of course, not to make light of that, but it is different than winter. However, there's talks now that there's going to be a fourth COVID shot that needs to happen. Also, different jobs are now requiring for you to have a booster. I know that SAG After took a stand and they're requiring the actors and actresses to have a booster shot. So, are we going to need a fourth one? How do you feel when people say we're tired and we don't want a fourth one? Like, how do you talk about that? 
Yeah, and again, that, that's a challenging thing. Nobody wants to be told what to do, and I'm always uh, of that mindset that we need to have a respectful dialogue with those people who uh, um, have questions. And again, I'm an infectious disease doctor. We need to talk to everybody, regardless of what community they're part of, in a way they can understand from a vantage point of caring, respect, and understanding. So this is what it boils down to. People need to have immunity to this virus. Uh, There's different types of immunity you can get through vaccines or previous infection. The safest way to get a exposure to this virus is through a vaccine. I would never advocate anybody on purpose to try to get infection with this virus. It's too risky to take that chance. Um, But uh, nonetheless, uh, you're absolutely right. As new recommendations come out, it's going to really be based on uh, public review and recommendations to the FDA and the CDC. You know, the decision whether or not we get a booster is not the decision of big pharma or CEOs. We need to uh, keep the faith that we have in our experts at the level of the FDA and the CDC. And, you know, the way we review vaccines is the gold standard of the world with two independent and transparent uh, subcommittees within the FDA and the CDC. Now, what you're mentioning most recently in the news has to do with Pfizer. Uh, Pfizer is going to request a booster dose only for those 65 and older. Uh, But nonetheless, though, you know, if your older vaccines don't work as well, if your immunocompromised vaccines don't work as well, and we need to be respectful of those people in our community. Dr. Joseph Gastaldo from Ohio Health, our infectious disease expert that really sort of, you know, I reached out to you early on in the pandemic because you're a colleague of of a dear friend of mine, Nanette LaQuesta Kimmel, who I went to high school with, and she spoke so highly of you. And you've really helped us to navigate so much of this as we, uh, you know, kind of look back over the past two years and then look forward to what's to come. Hopefully our next conversation will be about something else because you've made it your your life's work to understand infectious diseases. Uh, You are a member of our community. Uh, There are some exciting stuff going on right now and some of this is coming out of uh, the research into vaccines for for COVID-19 we've had some uh, you know expansive research done in other fields now that could you know uh, trickle over into some other areas such as HIV and AIDS care I know that we want to talk about that and we will have you back soon to have that discussion hopefully we're not talking about COVID again next time Oh, I would totally love that. And you're absolutely right, though. Um, with, with the new advent of these uh, vaccines, I think it's going to be a renaissance for us potentially having cures, not only to HIV AIDS, but also other infectious diseases and even things like high cholesterol or Alzheimer's disease. But Come on. That's a really yes. exciting part. Yes, silver lining. That's so exciting. Thank you so much, Dr. Joseph, for joining us. And we really look forward to talking to you about things other than COVID. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Find out why women are reclaiming the word bimbo and how they're taking down the patriarch coming up in seven minutes. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Um, This is an interesting conversation uh, and we thought we'd have it because we wanted to and because we are The Morning Beat. Uh, This is interesting and it's, it's talking about the word bimbo. Right. And how it has been used historically to put women down and to sort of berate them. Uh, But uh, there's there's been a shift. Gen Z sees the world differently. Right. Uh, And so, Vanessa, you've got a clip for us. Why don't you play that? And then we're going to discuss how Gen Z is sort of reclaiming this word. Being a bimbo is actually an act of resistance against the patriarchy. Presents just presenting yourself in a feminine way while living in a patriarchal society. I feel like if I present myself in a very feminine way, if I express myself through the way I dress, through the way I do my hair, through the way I do my makeup, then people have these misconceptions of me before they even know who I am. 
So they might think I am less intelligent or I don't speak as eloquently or whatnot. So in turn, me calling myself a bimbo is kind of reclaiming that identity and not letting men tell me who I am. So I know I'm smart, I know I'm capable, and it's almost like letting them play into this idea so that I can prove them wrong. Um, Come on. What we're gonna do is- Come on. Listen to me. I love this so much. So do I. And it's like the word bitch, even. Like, women are taking back these words that were used against them, slut shaming, mm-hmm. all of these things, and they're saying, no, no, honey, we're taking our power back. Well, not only did women just sort of accept it oftentimes, women would call other women these things. So there's been a whole dismantling of these sort of like aggressions that we make towards ourselves and each other. And I love that this generation sees it that way. Um, I love it, too. I also think that, you know, this is really funny, but... Um how do I say? Like, when women wore a lot of makeup, mini skirts, fur, whatever, they were very much called bimbos mm-hmm. by gay men, women, straight men. But when drag queens do it, it's applauded, right. it's cheered for, it's, an it's act fabulous. Of, it's an act of, like, defiance. Like, yes, defiance and a political it's statement. Celebrated. They're standing up for rights and diversity. And that's always, I think, been the problem with women because it's like what we just want to do has never been celebrated. Well, it's part of the reason that that, that the lesbian community doesn't historically like go crazy over drag queens the way that gay men do. Yeah. Like that doesn't mean there aren't lesbians who support and love a good drag show. It's a different conversation. But as a lesbian woman, you've spoke on this many times, like you're still fighting for your rights. And here there are men dressed as women who are getting celebrated while once again, lesbians and women in general are like, Hi. Well, not right only here. not only are we not celebrated, we're extremely sexualized. Like the fact that I still in 2022 have to be careful what I watch. I mean, I have to be careful what I wear depending on where I'm going. Like I cannot wear the same outfit that I would go to an all girls event to an all to a co-ed You're event. You're wearing a thong the entire week of my wedding, just I'm so you know. I'm not wearing any clothes at your wedding. Perfect. And I no, I but but I one have to because <laughs> respect rules but also the way that i will be looked at in comparison to other women is, yeah. is very different yep. i have yet the same intention um and every bit of as intelligent as anybody else and and also you're either i feel like women are either hypersexualized or if they're a bit more androgynous uh or if they're like they're, they work at home depot yeah like and it's the, very extreme then there's zero sex yeah right and 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 most people are somewhere on that spectrum, right? And that's how most of us, you know, get through our daily lives. We're, we change every day. We're humans. You know, I'm more sexual at some points in my life and less sexual at others. Sometimes I feel really smart. Sometimes I feel like a complete airhead. And all of those things are okay. And 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 you look at like celebrities like Paris Hilton or Kim Kardashian and, and, and how they're sort of like – Kim Kardashian's sort of been around. But like Paris Hilton's a great example. She was like America's bimbo for the longest time. And people dragged her and they loved laughing at her and laughing with her sometimes. But also, she was laughing all the way to the bank. So if you might think like, oh, Paris, Paris, isn't, was always brilliant. Paris isn't talented. Oh, she's a DJ Kim now. That's Kardashian Kim Kardashian with she, her sex tape. She Dolly had a sex Parton. tape. Come on. Fran Drescher. Yes. I mean, there's so Jennifer many. Jennifer Coolidge. Yes. She's like the epitome of what people think a bimbo is. And like, honey, 
She is laughing all the way to the bank. She's a very smart woman. Absolutely. I mean, it's literally also Legally Blonde, the yes, movie. Yes, She was a bimbo And they're about to, to make a third one of those. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think that people who use words like this and try to cut people down, especially women, they're so insecure and so basic in their own lives that they feel like they have to put other people down to feel like they're special. Yeah, it's really true. And I, I feel like as much as I want to drag men, I really cry out to women like be good to other women be good like let them be slutty and fun and gorgeous and if that's not for you that's okay i think it's getting better it is funny though because where i come from women are so ah they they don't support other women the way that i want them to i mean listen i will also say that i'm prepared for this at your wedding there are a lot of women that are my age that have children and very regular jobs that are phenomenal and they're great women a few (laughs) and i will be showing up the same of course and a totally different playing field and i've had to like walk into that and be like but you'll also but you'll also build them up and you're the type of person that encourages them all day long and celebrates them oh they're going to win major because there's, but there's nothing wrong with you know having a 9 to 5 job and having a family no. that's great the problem is when you disparage other women or call them names like a bimbo because you think you're better than them because what they're doing is something you don't understand because they're making millions of dollars on social media and you don't get it so you want to cut them down yeah Come on, most of yeah. my friends are content creators and they're doing way better than a lot of my friends Ooh, working nine to five true. jobs and they might have a push-up bra on and highlights in their hair and a little extra makeup, but they're living their lives. I love it. I love you. Uh, okay, let's talk about my favorite bimbo, Dolly Parton. Oh, come She's on. She's back in what's popping, honey, and this brilliant queen may not be able to get away from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We'll tell you about it next. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. Very quickly, though, I do want to remind you, you have 48 hours to still get tickets to go see Lady Gaga's Chromatica Ball at Dodger Stadium here in Los Angeles on Saturday, September 10th. She's only doing 15 stadium shows the entire summer. Uh, we gave away a pair yesterday. You might have heard our caller, uh, Mitchell, call in from Palm Springs. Congrats to you and your hubby. Yes, um, baby. We Mitch still have and a couple. Larry. Uh, Mitch and Larry. We have a couple pairs still left. You have 48 hours. Head over to wearechannelq.com and enter for your chance to win there's been a lot of response uh so we're sending you good vibes good luck michaela what's popping all right honey well this is a story we did it yesterday dolly parton said she does not want to be a part of the rock and roll hall of fame she said there's just so many artists and she doesn't want to take any uh votes away from them so she does not want to be nominated however she can't get away that easy because officials for the rock and roll hall of fame released a statement on social media defending their decision to non- nominate the country superstar for their induction this year. Though Parton announced she's withdrawing, they don't seem to care. <laughs> They're just not going to let her? They're like, okay, girl, go off. What if she wins? They said Dolly Parton's music impacted a generation of fans and influenced countless artists that followed. Her nomination to be considered for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame followed the same process as all other artists who have been considered. Dolly's nomination, along with the other 16 for the class of 2022, was sent out earlier this month to our 1,200 general ballot voters, the majority of whom are artists themselves, for consideration for induction at our ceremony. You know, this could backfire on her. People could think she's such an icon, and they already do because she tried to say, I don't deserve it, that they're all going to vote for her now. I know, I know. Listen, Dolly's the queen. <laughs> also, 9 Dolly to 5 has a little Lama. rock vibe to it. There's a little but bit of rock in there. Yeah, that feels kind of rockish. But Jolene does, Jolene, too. of course. Yeah, I mean, she's had some good ones. She was just trying to be humble, but uh, it's not going to happen. But she did say the other day that she's like, maybe this inspired me to put out a rock album. Yes, yes Dolly. Dolly, yes. we'll take all the music we can get, honey. 
We love you, girl. Uh, okay, well, we love you, Dolly. You're not getting out of it, and I'm going to vote for you. So don't worry. There's You're going to win. There's 1,200 voters, and we are not two of them. <sighs> I'm from Ohio, God. though. I probably know people. Fix I could, it. I could call someone. Fix it. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. We have a fantastic final hour coming up for you. As we continue looking back over two years of COVID-19 since we entered the lockdowns, uh, it's important to to honor uh, the emotions, the memories, the losses of it all, but also take a look forward uh, as we continue to look back, oddly enough, with our next guest here in about 15 minutes. We're going to be joined by the Emmy-winning producer, director, and writer uh, of a new documentary film called 100 Years of Men in Love. Uh, it's an accidental collection of photos that were collected by a couple uh, over the course of many, many years that have now been put together in a documentary to show that queer love has been here for a very long time, uh, since the beginning of time, and will continue to be here. And, and the the producer, writer, and director is joining us from Palm Springs. He's a Palm Springs resident, uh, going to be calling into the Morning Beat this hour. Amazing. To share that story and where you can see it, how you can support. Thank you for all of our listeners, of course, listening to us on 103.1 FM in Palm Springs and the Coachella Valley. Uh, definitely stick around for that conversation. It's going to be so beautiful. Can't wait to have it. Right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat. Michaela, what do you have for us? All right, people, City Group, the nation's fourth largest bank, is angering Texas Republicans over its latest workplace benefit, offering to cover the travel expenses of employees who live in states within restrictive reproductive health care laws, including the state's recently enacted law banning most abortions after six weeks. City disclosed the new policy in a regulatory filing with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission on March 15th. The bank stated in response to changes in reproductive health care laws in certain states in the U.S., Beginning in 2022, we provide travel benefits to facilitate access to adequate resources. The Texas law, which took effect in September, effectively outlaws abortions in Texas. The measure prohibits abortions after embryonic cardiac activity is detected, which is usually at about six weeks of pregnancy, often before a woman knows she is pregnant. The law includes an unusual provision that allows Texas residents to sue clinics, doctors, nurses, and even people who drive women to get to the procedure. The reward for a successful lawsuit under the new law, at least $10,000. Now, in other news, Leah Thomas took control in the final 100 yards of the 500-yard freestyle to make history Thursday as the first transgender woman to win an NCAA swimming championship. Thomas, the University of Pennsylvania senior who entered the NCAA Women's Swimming and Diving Championships as the top seed, had a season-best time of four minutes, 33.24 seconds. I didn't have a whole lot of expectation for this meet, said Thomas, a former male swimmer for Penn State. I was just happy to be here and race and compete the best that I could. Virginia's Emma Wyant was second. Now the race was close until the final 100 yards with Wyant and Erica Sullivan of of Texas pushing Thomas for the lead. The three swam in lanes three through five, adding to the drama with Thomas in the middle. Three through five are the fast lanes. I was a swimmer. Lane four is usually the fastest. Yeah. And then the, then they go like outward from there. So yeah. what a race. What a race, baby. All right, let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 82 in Miami, 50 in Kansas City, 89 in Palm Springs, 77 in Vegas, 79 in LA, 69 in New York, and 82 in Cathedral City. 
Now, if you don't mind giving us a vibe of the day, baby. Before I give you my vibe, I'm going to tell you our vibe is Lady Gaga. And her Chromatica Ball is coming back to Los Angeles Dodger Stadium on Saturday, September 10th. Only 15 stadium to- uh, shows the entire summer. And we still have a couple pair of tickets that you could win. Here's how. You only have 48 hours to do this. This, uh, this, this whole promotion ends on Sunday. So... Head over to wearechannelq.com right now. Enter for your chance to win, and you and a friend could be going to see Lady Gaga in concert. Mm. That's a vibe, honey. I know. Uh, here's my vibe of the day. Take some time to yourself this weekend. It's been two years since we went into lockdowns. It's been a wild, difficult, emotionally traumatic two years. Uh, take a deep breath. Uh, maybe tell somebody that you care about them, uh, and, and just take some time to yourself because we all need it. We all deserve it. Absolutely. That's my vibe. I love that, honey. All right, coming up, this is fabulous. A new LGBTQ documentary called 100 Years of Men in Love. The Accidental Collection is being released. The story is incredible and such proof that we've always been around. Emmy-winning producer and Palm Springs resident David Milburn joins us next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. You know, with all of the anti-LGBTQ plus laws and legislation being passed in states like Florida and Texas and Indiana and Oklahoma around the country right now, it's so important to remember uh, that we're here and we're not going anywhere and we've always been here. And I think that's the piece of the puzzle that some people miss. A lot of times people who aren't really familiar with our community think, oh, it's this new thing. All of a sudden, it's getting shoved in our face as well. <laughs> We've always been around. We've just been hiding. But That's some true. people actually didn't hide their love. Uh, and it's really interesting to hear how these love stories sort of uh, have have come about and, and created this new documentary. Uh, we've got a clip for it I want to play for you. Then I'm going to introduce uh, the producer of that documentary in just a moment. What this collection is, is a love letter to the world. We call this the accidental collection because never in a million years did we think we were really collecting anything. Neil and I attended a church here in Dallas. We were just going through there and they had these little booths and we found a group, a little box of photos and just digging through them. And one of them was a photograph of a male couple and the look in their eyes said that there's clearly something more here than friendship. It was astonishing. We could not believe that a photograph like this had ever been taken much less survive. Now, this trailer was shared uh, to me recently in an email, and it just touched my heart, and it is so powerful. It's it's the trailer for the new documentary, 100 Years of Men in Love, and joining us now is the Emmy-winning producer and Palm Springs resident, David Milburn. David, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> thank you, David. Oh, thank you, guys. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, and I'm also the writer-director of the documentary. So as well, many titles. So, uh... Yes, you are a triple threat. <laughs> well, you know, look, yeah. I think it's incredible what you've been able to do here with this documentary, especially, like AJ said, off the heels of the Don't Say Gay Bill. So why was it so important mm-hmm. for you to create 100 Years of Men in Love? Well, it's interesting. Um, it's kind of a personal journey, if you will. Um, uh, growing up, I... I would go through boxes of, of photos of my family. And um, I came across this one tintype of these two handsome young, young men um, sitting next to, get, to each other, very close, at the Bourbon, Indiana State Fair in 1908. And it had such wonderment for me. It's like, hmm, 
these guys, these pictures, what was the relationship? So speed ahead, you know, I uncovered and discovered Hugh uh, Nini and Neil Treadwell's uh, collection of, of, you know, 3,700 pictures mm. from 1859 to 1959. And I said, wow, this is what my ancestors were, were dealing with. This, this is my family tree. So I contacted Neil and Hugh and said, you know, I think this would make an incredible documentary. We need to bring to light the love and the courage to love that these gentlemen had back then. I mean, these pictures were taken in photo booths where they were alone and they could make sure that the photos came out right to them um, or under umbrellas. That was kind of the rainbow uh, flag at the time, Mm. because if you took a picture and you were sheltered by an uh, an umbrella, nobody would see you, you know, in the outdoors. So um, I wanted to bring to light these these uh, loving relationships because they mattered then. These men risked everything to take those pictures and they mattered now. They matter now that we celebrate and we we stand on the shoulders of, of these brave, brave individuals. That part right there, because you're honoring the legacy of all these couples who did not have the the privilege of living mm-hmm. in an era where where marriage equality is a reality, where we're actually talking about things like the Equality Act that was unheard of not that long ago, and we're still fighting the good fight. But I always, I always tell the story about after my grandfather passed, one thing that was really difficult for me, he was a World War II veteran, very tough guy, right? And I had a mm-hmm. hard time coping with that loss because I never came out to him and I cried to my grandmother and I said I just didn't have the courage to tell him she pulled me into his bedroom got into a drawer at the bottom of his dresser and pulled out this pamphlet from a time that he had won like a trip for a weekend he was an insurance salesman and they were sent down to New Orleans and they saw a drag show with uh, some other couples and my grandma Mm -hmm. says your grandpa would have been just fine with you honey and she said that he had the time of his life and that we just we just thought these were the most beautiful women ever. We knew exactly what was going on, and we loved every minute so much so that I held on to this pamphlet ah. for 70 years or whatever it was at the time. So we've always been there. The culture's always yeah. been there. But this documentary is sh- shedding new light. Well, uh, that, 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 you know, we all have that, AJ, and thank you for sharing that uh, because that's, in, in essence, that's the germ of this piece. I mean, we have been here, and these photographs were were shoved away in, in, in drawers, in, in suitcases, found in rummage sales, estate sales. Some were creased, some were, were, were pristine. And in the doc, we expose even a, a military couple uh, during World War II that uh, had this long relationship and took pictures in the Swiss Alps and, and uh, mm. in their army uniforms, and, and they actually liberated uh, Dachau. Um, wow. But... Um, it's, it's amazing to know, and I think our young people need to know, that, that you're indeed right, AJ. We have always been here. And the courage of these, these partnerships uh, to be able to take a picture uh, when they didn't have the freedom that we have today, um, uh, it's just joyful. When you That's what I film, got from the photos. They're just full of, yeah. of joy. There's so much love there. Yeah. And, and they're black couples. They're white couples. They're like very mm. different groups of people mm-hmm. sharing the same thing. Uh, before we let you go, I want everybody to see 100 Years of Men in Love. Was there one, maybe two photos that really tug at your heartstrings uh, more than any other one? And why? 
Well, um, uh, one of them, it's one of my favorites, is uh, they're on the back of a train car. It looks like it's like 1902 or something. And they're kind of leaning towards each other, but no body part is touching, except if you go down to the railing of the train car, you see that their t- their pinkies are touching. Oh. These, it, it, they're, they're signs in this film, in this documentary, and we go into this, we say, look at this, but they're not really touching, but look at how his foot is on top of the other guy's foot. These are the signs, and this is the interest. Um, people that have seen the films will say, oh, my God, this held my interest from, from minute one to, to the final picture. Um, you know, and the final picture is, is we have a kissing section, uh, which is the most intimate, you know, um, uh, section and I think the final picture of the, sh- of the of the movie is my favorite because um, um, it's just so filled with passion and joy um, and that's and that's what we're celebrating oh. we're celebrating this courage to love I think that we've still been in situations like that I'll say that when I sit at the dinner table with Lisa my partner's very Armenian mother mm. and we want to hold uh. hands I'll I'll just rub my finger across her finger under the table just to just to say like hey I love you or if we've been mm-hmm. in certain circumstances in 2022 as couples and if it doesn't feel safe or right we'll just give each other like a little tap I yeah. think that's the most relatable thing yeah it still yeah. happens when today. my partner and I first met he was in the closet and I remember going to sit and having some food with him and that was a big big deal he kept looking over his shoulder afraid that somebody was going to notice <laughs> and we would walk and we our pinkies would just hold each other and that's the only thing he was comfortable with at the time fast forward nine and a half years I'm marrying the man in June so so these nice. stories are important nice. and I'm so grateful for you for sharing yeah. them thank you so much for joining us really uh, a new LGBTQ documentary 100 well, years of men in love the accidental collection uh, yep. releasing on. Friday March here, 25th yep on here TV so if you don't have here TV uh, spectrum here in the desert um, you can go to here TV and we're on every cable uh, system in in the country and every streaming service in the country and you can get the best deals by signing up uh, at here.tv for a subscription Love it. and watch the moon. Thank you so much David Milburn for everything that you've done. This is something you should be so proud of and oh, we can't wait to see you. it. Writer, director and Emmy winning producer from Palm <laughs> Springs baby. Thank you so much. Thank you David. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Tell me something good. As we continue honoring our LGBTQ plus leaders for Women's History Month, let's shine a spotlight on Yasmin Benoit, uh, who's an asexual and aromatic uh, activist in the UK. She's one of the first and most successful black alternative models pushing into a white-dominated field with Eurocentric standards of beauty. She got many questions from journalists and had to advocate for herself from the beginning of her career. Now, as a model, she has also gotten many questions about her asexuality and fights many misconceptions about the ace community. Benoit has said in interviews, I'm not trying to sell myself. I'm selling a product, a refrain she has had to repeat over her career. She has worked with Avon, the Asexual, Asexuality Visibility and Education Network, where she now serves on the board of directors. Uh, this is all to increase knowledge of an acceptance for the asexual and aromatic community. She's also lending her perspective to a movement that is often dominated by white voices, uh, showing how diverse the queer community really is. I love that. 
Yes, Yasmin. I think that's great, Yasmin. I actually love the name Yasmin, too. Remember Yasmin Belief? Yeah. She gave like Tiffany and yes. Amber Thiessen vibes. Oh my God, Yasmin Belief was a vibe. Okay, this tree's really great, actually. So Climate Resilient Coral offers hope to world's reefs that are able to cope with two degrees Celsius of global warming. Listen, I'm going to say that I saw this hysterical uh, stand-up comedian. I cannot, it's Wolf, Michelle Wolf. Oh, she's so good. She's so funny. She spoke at the at the uh, what's it yes. called? The White House Correspondents and Dinner years ago. Trump and, dra- and Trump yes. followers. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. She said, "For sure, Mother Nature is a woman." And she was like, "Oh yeah, I'm good. No, you didn't want to recycle. I'm just gonna turn it up a little bit." Yeah. Had this whole thing about how Mother mm-hmm. Nature was just so mad. Well, I um, bet it was funnier when she said it. it no? Okay, that's. Yeah. Was it a Are moment? Are we dragging me already a, this morning? Was it a moment? It was a moment. It's the end of our show, Michaela. We've been here for four hours. I don't I'm not I've been dealing with it for four hours. When could I? That's it. I'm rolling myself <laughs> out of here. Um, it's incredible, though. So rice coral, finger coral, and lobe coral uh, have been transported into a 35-gallon aquarium on Coconut Island filled with sand, rubble, fish, and plankton. Uh, and they got the chance to see what it would look like uh, experiencing similar weather conditions that we often deal with. And it said it was able to completely make it when this could be the thing that um, saves the world. So Coconut Island. Coconut it they, sounds like SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, or Coconut Island. They play coconuts there a lot. Ooh, like drums. Come on, coconuts. Kim Petras, that's where she lives. It's the queerest island you could ever Kim, imagine. Kim, come out of the sea. And of course, that's the place where they're saving the Great Coral Reef. Wait, is Kim Petras saving the Great Coral Reef? Yeah, her and SpongeBob. Okay, but on a very serious note, it has been two years. I can't believe it. Thank you, Dr. Joseph Castaldo and all of our guests who joined us. Celebrate this weekend however you want with loved ones going outside. It's beautiful out. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Now stick around for three hours of great music, and then we'll see you Monday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.